Hello, my name is Max McGillivray of BeeSalk Global. Pleasure to have you on today's broadcast with the South of England Agriculture Society on this broadcast with the title of Business Resilience 2023, how to continue weathering the storm. We're just talking in the green room about the weather fluctuations that we're seeing here. If you think of everything that we've got going on at the moment, whether it be um, inflation rates, whether it be shortage of labor, uh, whether it be weather, whether it be um, external forces like the Ukrainian crisis that, that we're going through, um, there's so much that is beating down on us as a, as agriculturalists, as, as farmers in the southeast and also across the UK. And sometimes the best thing to do is to talk to people or listen to people who are suffering the same issues or or, or who are talking to um, other farmers or suppliers, uh, because there's a fount of knowledge there to uh, try and elicit some of the answers that you can take away um, and um, hopefully assist you to, to weather the storm. But let's uh, talk about the South of England Agriculture Society before we get our experts in. So we're live on multiple social media channels on Zoom and our, on our own podcast with Beanstalk with the South of England um, Ag Society to discuss such an important and ongoing subject. Uh, we're going to bring in shortly Chris Appleton from the from the society. But let's talk about the society. Some of you will know it's uh, intrinsically, but some of you may not because of some of the media channels that we're streaming out to. The South of England Agriculture Society is a registered charity dedicated to funding and supporting agricultural education and countryside learning. They work across Berkshire, East Sussex, Hampshire and the Isle of Wight and Kent, Surrey and West Sussex, so a very large area. And they operate from the South of England showground, a 150 acre site situated on the outskirts of the village of Ardenley in the heart of the High Weald. And that's, as you'll know, is an area of outstanding natural beauty and it is a gorgeous area. So we're going to talk about it later. If you've never been to the show, you must go to, to the show because it's one of the best best apportioned wrong word most attractive shows to visit not only because of the show but because of the area as well the showground hosts many of the, the main shows and events and is home to the south of england event center which they own and operate on behalf of the society one of the reasons i entered the amazing world of agriculture because i don't have an agricultural background was because of the society i was brought up in the village of um, barkham cross in east sussex and my friends who lived on a, on a local farm in the village used to take me to the highlight of the year the south of england show and i did my pre-college uh, years working at sutton hall estates and we were just talking to uh, to one of our experts um, james wallace uh, from uh, estate manager of Sutton Hall Estates, that when I was doing my pre-college year um, on the estate, um, I have to, I'm going to have to confess to him later <laughs> the level of machinery I, I broke, but that, that estate was the, was the making of me and also um, being involved uh, with the South of England um, show. Questions. Um, when you've got questions uh, for us, um, either if you're listening in on Zoom, um, stick them in through, through Zoom. If you're on social media, put them on social media, or if it's easier for you, you can WhatsApp me. And my WhatsApp number is 07900 Or if it's easier, just email info at beanstalk.global info at beanstalk.global. So let's bring in my co-chair, Chris. Chris Appleton, can you come in? And as Chris is coming in, um, I just want to uh, say a big uh, shout out to Fram Farmers. Uh, Fram Farmers have kindly sponsored um, the 
uh, the, the broadcast today. And if, you, if you're not aware, I'm sure you know, for, for our farmers, they, where I'm based up in the, the eastern counties, they're, they're iconic. Uh, there's so many people that, uh, that use them. Frown Farmers provides the purchasing, crop marketing and admin function for over 1,400 farming businesses across the UK. They act as an extension to your farm office with industry professional purchasing and marketing your core agricultural inputs and outputs on your behalf. And to find more about our sponsors today, Frown Farmers, just dial up www brandfarmers.co.uk and Chris before I, I, I get you in properly we must uh, nominate the uh, the website for the South of England Ag Society which is www.seas.org.uk Chris lovely to have you on board today afternoon thank you very much for having me <laughs> so, so, so Chris so many people from the society would will, will know of you um but for those that, that don't can you just give us some a, a bit of a background on yourself um, and how you're involved with the society over to you Chris hey. Yeah, so we are, um, for those of you that don't know us, we are a uh, family-run dairy farm here in East Sussex. Um, we've been uh, farming here for four generations now, which is very exciting. Um, well, I'm the fourth generation to look to get involved. Um, and I've been involved with the society trying to help organise the um, organize the, the conference and also this uh, these webinars for the last few years. Um, yeah, and I'm finding it really exciting. So, so Chris, here's a loaded question before I, we bring our experts in. Is farming easy? Um, I have been asked that by an awful lot of people. And my my stock response, which I think I'll probably stick to, is that I don't think that anything in life is easy if you want to do a good job of it. Um, so I think I'd probably put farming into that category as well. But if you want to be successful, then a bit of hard work and hopefully a bit of expertise and we'll we'll get somewhere. <laughs> Chris, well done. And even more so with um, uh, with, with you um, as, a, as a dairy business, just for, again, for those people that don't fully understand a dairy, can you just uh, describe describe your farm? How, how many head of dairy are you, please? Um, so we are milking 450 wow. cows. Uh, we're an autumn block calving herd, which means that around about now we've just started calving. So uh, between now and Christmas, all hell breaks loose. And then normally <laughs> come January, things calm down a little bit. Um, yeah. We're producing milk for uh, Arla, and then that milk is also segregated off. So that is going into the um, uh, the milk bottles that you'll be picking up in Tesco's. Yeah, well, well done. It, it, and uh, it always sometimes it infuriates me with uh, with with my my background because we have a my day job is at recruitment within ag and, and food. There's there's a stat that always comes out, Chris, from the uh, Farmers Week uh, Farmers Weekly from the NFU that six out of ten kids don't know where uh, fresh produce or milk or, or agricultural produce comes from. And the, the amount of time and effort that you put in to deliver that milk so little Johnny uh, or little Tracy can have milk on the on the cereals or what, whatever it would be. Um, uh, we, we, You and I have been in numerous conversations about how we can um, better raise the profile of dairy farmers and, and other farmers. Uh, but perhaps that's a, that's a, that's a conversation for um, an, another time. But I just wanted to extol the virtues of, um, of you because you're very busy in what you do but to also put in your inputs into the south of england ag society to better that society um and by sort of uh, osmosis that's going to better the whole of the farming sector in your area which is which is going to be a benefit to everyone so so presumably you're you're really positive about being involved with the south of england ag society are you chris oh yeah absolutely um and also sort of following on from what you're saying i think the south of england have well, they do and continue to put an awful lot of hard work into their um into the education side of things um and yeah i think that it's perhaps even slightly undersold that there, there is an awful lot goes on there there's a, in terms of outreach and education which i think really helps us in the farming community 
Yeah, and we've got to got to give a big big a big thumbs up, a big pat on the back to the team. There's also that uh, uh, that that un, un or help me, Chris, unspoken team, that team that do so much behind behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. So, so, sometimes don't don't get the um, the 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 celebration, the the, the thanks. But it, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be doing this today. And if it wasn't for them, the the, the shows. And also, we're going to mention a little bit later your your major conference coming up, your November farming conference in uh, on on the first of November. If it wasn't for them. Uh, with your assistance, uh, the, the the show society wouldn't be what the show society is today. Oh, no, I I wholeheartedly agree, and yeah, there is certainly a um a, a very dedicated team behind these broadcasts, um, and behind the South England as well that are, yeah, working tirelessly to hopefully bring all of this valuable content. And also, Max, I think no one's uh, said thank you to you as well for your. Uh, hard work in putting this all together and what will hopefully be a smooth and professional broadcast uh chris thank you very much i, I love it it's, it's 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 what i do if if i wasn't talking to all of you i'd be talking to my dogs and they're bored bored of me talking to them so let's let's talk to all of you what we need now chris is some some experts so can our experts come in and just to reiterate it again especially for those people listening on the podcast um and and, and team i don't know if you found the same thing that when i've been to major conferences or, or gone, gone uh training everyone seems to have the same problem but they always feel so so isolated but it's at these conferences whether it be over a cup of tea or at the bar you suddenly find out that everyone's got the same problems and actually someone might be two weeks two months two years in advance of you and knows what the solution is so in effect that's what chris and i are trying to create by having our experts in today to to talk about business resilience to be stronger for the future to weather this this storm um so that we can all be better that we can all be, be better farmers or, or suppliers or or whatever it may may be so now now our experts have, have come in um i've already pre-ordained sarah sarah, sarah I've got to pick on her first. Sarah, can you give us a little bit of background as to who you are, please, and, and the business that you're involved in, the business that you run? Sarah, over to you. Uh, yeah, thanks, Max. Um, so I'm based down in the southwest in Devon, and my interest in farming stemmed from the family farm, uh, much like Chris's autumn carving, so calves coming out of our ears at the moment. Um, but more recently, I went to uh, uh, agricultural college uh, and got a degree in agriculture and I've probably been doing farm advice facilitation and compliance work now for about eight or nine years uh, so Creedy Associates is where I'm based in Devon and we do a lot of specialist uh, farm advice um, with a reasonable bias to livestock because in the southwest we've got a lot of cows about <laughs> and, and Sarah uh, just give us your website please so we can find out um, Chris I hope this is okay I, I want all, all of these lovely yes. experts to benefit <laughs> Sarah um, how can people find you how uh, what's your website address please uh creedyassociates.com or at creedyassociate on twitter okay and, and you know next, how you said <laughs> <laughs> yes um and, and we know how competitive the agricultural world is which, which agricultural institution did you go to please Oh, I'm a Harper Adams uh, graduate, so uh, okay, let's, good let's company see today. Well, well done. Let, <laughs> let's see how this goes. Justin, over to you. Who are you and who are you representing? Why, why do I need to say this, Justin? Because you have one-page uh, spreads in the Farmers Weekly. You're, you're like the GQ magazine of farming. Yeah, it would be if I actually I was uh, if it was my image on there. I, I think Max, but thank you, uh, thank you, and, and uh, afternoon, everybody. Um, so uh, yeah, I my my family are farming um, in the Cookmere Valley, actually not a million miles away from 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 Chris. Um, and some twenty years ago, with many generations of Ellis's within the business, uh, and probably not quite enough work to do, I decided to uh, to head head to New Zealand um, and um, did some dairying out there for twelve months before I became a banker. And so for the last 20 years, I've been um, effectively lending money to, to, to the farming community, 10 years of that in New Zealand and, um, and about uh, well, 12 years back here in the UK, 
now supporting sort of larger states and farm businesses across Kent, Sussex, Essex, and Suffolk. So yeah, passion, passion, and 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 um, and, and everything that I do is all about agriculture and, and supporting those businesses. Um, and just one thing, thank you. One thing I've learned about the agricultural banking community is that they love to have conversations with, with farmers. What they they don't and. and see me on this one justin if if you as a farmer are looking at a um even blue sky thinking looking at, at a bigger project or um somehow developing your, your farm um all of the agricultural banking community are very keen to have that conversation with you because justin will have that exposure experience uh and in the respect of knowing what has worked and what may not work and what will work and being able to steer your your project thinking justin would that be correct 100 percent. i think you know and i think to be fair to agriculture across not just bankers, but there's a there's a whole load of consultants and, and rural professionals yeah. who are experienced at sitting at the kitchen table with you to have those conversations and discuss those plans. And, and certainly, in my experience, the earlier you engage any of those people, um, the, you're going to get the best outcomes um, and the best advice. Yeah, I, I always end up saying this on a broadcast that the better leaders I come across across all industry areas, and I know this is so difficult in farming, but the better leaders are those that spend 20 to 25 percent of their working week, their working month, just thinking. So if you're thinking of, oh, I'm going to go bit an AD plant or uh, tenanting an another farm or looking at another, another dairy, I think um, uh, what Justin said is spot on. You you have a trusted advisor um, and to start to, to bounce that idea of, of that advisor and then to bring justin in um justin it's funny isn't it that uh pick a number 25 years ago everyone was frightened of bank managers but now um they, they could be your best friend along with that trusted advisor to help take your business through to that next stage absolutely and and, and that's that's our job um our job and, and certainly I, I would say that i can add most value to to any of my clients or potential clients the the earlier that i'm engaged in the process and and they're thinking about what they're looking to do excellent so if, if you if you're thinking of where you need to be go, go have a word with justin ben over to you who are you and who are you representing please um yeah well i'm ben taylor i look after the iford estate which is just outside lewis um we're about 1200 hectares or thereabouts uh 800 of arable um and then a herd of suckler cows on the rest of it and some sheep um but the, the 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 core focus for me at the moment is developing a biodiversity net gain scheme which i've been working on for the last two or three years yep. come on you've been a bit modest come on tell us we, we <laughs> want to know more t tell us the gold come on well i i've I, for the last three years i've been working with um natural england and defra to develop their national credit pilot scheme um yeah. and then i wow. and more recently i've been branching out into private biodiversity markets uh and trying to um deliver the scheme really okay and, and going back to the conversation we just had with justin is this you X number of years ago, blue sky thinking, thinking about how you can future proof um, your 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 unit, your your farming business. Are, are you looking to future proof? Yeah, yeah, no, it was a lot of blue sky thinking a few years ago. Yeah, excellent. Okay, and how 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 confident are you about succeeding in this in this major project? Oh, did I just ask that? Go on. Well, I, I'm I'm hopeful. Um, uh, yeah, reasonably confident. Yeah, the, the, all, all the all the movements in the right direction now. Okay, cool. You're, yeah, you're steering that one. So, if it's if it's okay, Ben, can we follow you uh, collectively? Follow you just in the weeks and the months and the years to come, because we've got got a great example of of, of yourself who looked to. I'm not sure I like the wedding, but diversified. You're looking to let's go for future proof. You're looking to future proof your business by that blue sky thinking. So is that okay, Ben? If we follow you, by all means, yeah. So, uh, James, 
Ah, so James, this is, I was leaving James to last because this is my, my confessional because I used to, a gazillion years ago before James uh, became a state manager at Sutton Hall, I, I, I did my pre-college year, as we said in the, in the, the green room, I must, have, I must have broke every piece of machinery um, I touched, just like the um, uh, library ticket that you take back after 35 years and they give you a bill for a thousand pounds. We were saying in the, in the green room that uh, James just said, just write us a check for whatever you think it's worth, worth Max. But that, that aside, tell us about your beautiful estate, please, James, and also yourself. Yeah, afternoon. Um, so I'm James Wallace. I uh, actually contract from the Sutton Hall estate for the Slater family. Uh, it's a thousand hectares. Uh, we run 850 dairy cows. Like Chris, we're autumn block calving, so we're about to get very busy. Um, we have more recently diversified into Christmas trees. So we're planting 120 acres of Christmas trees. We're 80 acres in so far. But that's one of our that's been our big project over the last uh, five years, as well as reopening a dairy uh, five years ago as well, uh, as a sort of result of Brexit and trying to uh, future proof the business. Thank you, James. And your background, please. How did you get involved in agriculture? Yeah, so I grew up on a on a fat small family farm over near Oxford in Surrey. Um, uh, always loved farming. Went off to Harper Adams like Sarah, but uh, a long time before her. Finished in 96, uh, did, a, did a couple of years for a farm management company uh, up in Northumberland and then came down to Sutton Hall in 98 as a trainee farm manager uh, and then sort of worked here for, for 12 years and then eventually sort of took on the contract farming with the owners, which is a, a big step and a very exciting one. Um, and we're sort of growing the business uh, from there on, really. Yeah, well, well done. It's a beautiful, beautiful area. So we got everyone introduced. Chris, do you want to fire off with this um, this first question? And Chris, just before I, I let you go, remember, if you're dialed into Zoom, you can ask questions via Zoom um, or via social media or email me at info at beanstalkglobal, info at beanstalk.global if you've got any questions. Chris, do you want to fire over that uh, first question? Let's see let's see where it takes us, please. Hi. Yes, absolutely. Um, Thank you very much, everyone, for those wonderful introductions. Uh, and thank you very much, Max. Um, but yeah, I think it's probably about time we get stuck into the nitty gritty of uh, on-farm resilience and try and figure out how we're all going to weather this storm. Um, so a question for all of you first. What do you feel currently are the biggest challenges and opportunities to running a farm business in 2023? Um, I think we've already picked on picked on Sarah enough time. So perhaps we'll go to Ben first, if that's all right. Yeah, well, well done. I was going to nominate Ben. Hey, ben. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I, 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 I've been thinking about this over the last few days, and I think actually the biggest challenges are all macro challenges, and they're revolving around things like climate change, um, which I'm sure is affecting everybody's business, and it's certainly affecting ours. The, the rainfall patterns, the, the patterns of weather are, are, are changing, they're changing fast. Um, I think combined with that, you've got this cost inflation, which again, we're all experiencing um, but, but tied with that, we've got very stagnant output prices at the moment. Um, and, um, you know, there's, there's the more sort of Brexity type regulatory factors, um, the availability of uh, inputs of all types, I think, fertilisers, chemicals, machinery, all those things. And also the efficacy of, of uh, chemicals reducing all the time, no new actives coming along. So they're, they're all just big macro factors. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's hard work. 
just, just to check, I, I was at a, a a thing earlier this this week, and we we're just talking about it in the green room. And and there's a prediction that for every one degree tick up we have of temperature in the UK, it's going to give a twenty percent uh, diminishing level of water availability for UK agriculture. I'm still trying to trying to work out the the, the mass of that, but it's uh, yeah, it's, it's quite quite a, a seismic seismic thing. And up up in where we are in East Anglia, there's this all, all this talk about well, we can't grow potatoes, we haven't got the water. What do we grow? Soya. Um, sorry, Chris. I'm just going to pick on James. James, are you seeing the same as um, as, as Ben on the, on that farming perspective? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's uh, the cost of finance is expensive uh, and going up, so it makes any big decisions about growth quite difficult for us. The next few years about consolidation uh, and um, really, yeah, trying to trying to sort of uh, take the volatility of of massive price fluctuations out of the equation as much as possible by controlling our costs. Um, I think one of the big problems we're facing really is with labour, um, not so much in the dairy, but certainly with Christmas trees. We need a lot of um, seasonal labour. Uh, finding people who are willing to work long days on Christmas trees, very difficult. Um, yeah, and, and you know, that the best plans that we make you know we, we do a lot of budgeting do a lot of forecasting but the weather is always going to be the massive unknown factor for us and it's um we certainly see no shortage of rainfall in our part of the world but it's the it's the it's the sort of level of, uh, uh, the extremes now isn't it of, of of weather that are causing us the big problems yeah and, yeah and, you know we're, we're having to change our cropping slightly to to deal with that we're, we're growing more grass, more acres of maize. We've reduced our reliance on 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 wheat uh, as as a sort of an income for the estates because it's becoming more and more difficult to to grow it sensibly. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, Chris, it feels it feels a bit like um, that. My analogy is a bit like uh, with mortgage rates doing this. It feels like um, you you need to lock in, so at least you know what your your costs going to be. Um, it'd be interested to ask Sarah and um, and, and Justin on, a, on a, their advice as to what what, what do farmers do because they've got to protect, they've got to limit those uh, those cost things and, and try and uh, raise their their income. Sarah, what you must get this question asked all all of, all the time. What, what's what's your answer? What's your retort? How how, how do we how do we help farmers uh, give them that advice? What what would you suggest, please? Um, it's no, it's a very complicated question, and it differs a lot from business to business but understanding your cost of production is is crucial um, and realistically going forwards uh, farmers are likely to want to to become more specialized to get that cost control um, element as such and and have a real key uh, into all of those figures and if they're if they're looking at specializing it might be that they're looking at value adding if they've got the skill sets to do that but it might be that they're looking at other income streams. And I think that's another big challenge for farms going forward because there's a lot of um, uh, changes coming with all of the different schemes and payments. Basic payments is obviously going, but there's been a lack of clarity uh, going forward of what that's going to be replaced by. So in terms of budgeting, it, ha it has been a challenge for people to see where that additional income could come from. So, Chris, again, I, I think we might have a. I'm going to hand over to you, Chris. I'll shut up a minute. There, there might be a key point here about budgeting, because there is a view within the UK agriculture per se that farmers aren't good at, at budgeting, uh, crunching that data. Chris, what do you think? Uh, I think it's very difficult. I think it's. I think, uh, we in farming are very good at. Uh, how do you describe it? Um, I'd say we're, some of us are very good at farming, perhaps 
you know the business side of things is where we are very good at falling down and I think as you say that's why it's so important to ask first of all to sit on events like this and to listen to what other people are doing and also to to pull in the right expertise so that ultimately we've got the right people running different sides of our business um it, it sounds as though well from what we've heard so far that you know interest rates and finance labor and you know yeah. prices and cost of reduction are some sort of key areas that we're thinking about and none of that comes with a particular surprise um I suppose following on from that Justin have you got any yeah, more, well more comments on that question yeah no I do because you know for, for how many years have, 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 have I been told that you know well, crikey we're going to do a budget for the banker well you know I'd, I'd, I'd like to think that, that that most businesses now think about well we do a budget because a budget in, allows us and informs our decisions um, and informs those short medium and long-term decisions as well and and, and while I, I recognize that they're probably only as good as the day they're actually produced, but but they do create and, and provide a really strong framework for decision making um, for for everybody. And 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 yes, the banker is, is certainly um, part of that team, relying on those budgets. But um, but for me, they're, they're absolutely critical um, and, and a critical part of business management. Um, and then and, and I would then argue that, that that then monitoring against that budget is is, is just as important. Um, and, and Max, I know you spoke earlier just about you know, well, you know we're looking to make you may have a business looking looking at some plans for the, for the future, being able to demonstrate to those counterparties that you might have, and they may be a banker, they might be somebody, a family member who's going to lend some money, all having all of those um, that evidence in terms of what's gone on in the past, what, how you framed your decision making, all of that is really really important um, as businesses look probably. Uh, over the next few years to diversify. No, well, well, well. So, um, Chris, can I just because just had a, a, a question in for, uh, for 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 James. James, with your um, Christmas trees, um, what would happen if you paid more money for that labour? Do you think that would just uh, create create uh, create the solution? Uh, yeah, when well, we do, we do pay pay very well. I think um, mm. it's just finding people who are, are reliable. It's you know. Um, Younger people aren't particularly interested in coming and working outdoors in the in the trees. Uh, a lot of it is unskilled, uh, yeah. and a lot of it, frankly, quite boring. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, we're we're competing against other businesses who can pay a lot more money than than we can, because Christmas trees, uh, like dairy farming and, and all farming, it's quite a fine margin, uh, and there is a ceiling uh, as to what you can what you can pay. We are we are spending more money on mechanisation. I think that's the thing. Uh, well, you know. well done, because this contact just said, "What about automation?" But the, yeah, so we 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 luckily we got a, a specialist Christmas tree tractor with with some with some grant money. Um, it's an expensive bit of kit. It's very specialised, but it it essentially does the work of, of four people. But there are lots of elements of Christmas tree growing that just involve manual labour. Um, so actually, we're outsourcing some of that now to to specialists from. Uh, from Herefordshire who are able to help with that and then we put in farm stuff if we if we if we can to help with all that work but yeah it's a, it's a big problem and um you know uh, across the board you know just not just in the Christmas trees but in the in the dairy farm as well we we've seen a lot of wage inflation over the last 12 months uh, just to keep people and we've got good yeah. people and we need to pay them well to to keep them which is fine when the milk price is 50p a litre but much much more difficult to justify when it's when it's 35 yeah just oh, and, and 
Go on, Chris. Well, I was going to say, and following on from that, Jim, is there anything else that you guys are doing? Uh, I think in my experience, yes, obviously remuneration remuneration is very important when it comes to keeping hold of good people. But actually, is there anything else that you guys are doing? And I suppose probably I should spread this question out to everyone else as well. Um, anything else that you're trying to do to also hold on to the right people and hopefully keep them content? I know that's a bit of a million dollar question. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we 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 provide the best quality housing that we can provide. Um, that's a big draw for us. It's a it's a really beautiful area, and uh, we recognise the fact that actually uh, in the dairy team, especially that working a five day week is is quite a big draw. There's still people out there who expect uh, you know more of their pound of flesh than than we do. Um, you know, my business really revolves around good people, and I have got some exceptionally good people. And um, you, you need to recognise that actually the business, the whole business is very, very important to me and to the status, but to them, it is, it is a work, it is just a job. Um, but uh, luckily, I have people who really buy into the whole thing. So, uh, you know, it's money, it's time off, it's good housing and the freedom to, to run their own units uh, within, within certain parameters. Um, on their own without me micromanaging them. I think that's that's quite important as well. Yeah. yeah just, just Chris, just to interject with my uh, recruitment understanding, there's a, a major farming company who, who are named for obvious reasons, but uh, about six months ago, they, they uh, increased all the farm manager wages by upwards of 10 to 15,000 pounds, just as a sweetener, as a, as a, as a cost of living um, issue, just to just to hold them. And we've got other clients um, who are offering, um, and you've got to get your head around this, um, 30 six days holiday a year, including bank uh, on it with the bank holidays in, in addition, just to add um, a USP to their business to try and make them more, more attractive. So it's getting more and more uh, competitive. So yeah, if you're thinking about uh, what you need to do about labor, I think we can learn a lot from the, from the likes of James. Chris, back to you. Yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Max. Um, well, and I suppose probably on the subject of labor, is there anything that uh, perhaps Ben, Justin or Sarah have got to to add to that because I think it's a really important subject and it's something that is forever going to come up when they're having these conversations. <laughs> Go Ben. You're right. <laughs> Labour is the, the key to any any farming business. I guess it's the key to any any business at all. But um, we're, we're very lucky that we don't need seasonal labour. Um, I've got a really a small but tight-knit team of really dedicated staff and, and um, it's all about pay and conditions and, and making sure you you look after them really and keep them yeah absolutely and sarah of course you um get out and about and see a great many different farms a great many different ways of doing things i don't know if you have anything else to add to that uh, yeah just a brief comment really that there's there's a lot of things that people are looking for out of a job that farming can offer but not necessarily what we would think is a real plus of it i've seen job adverts where it's a picture of the tractor cab saying would you like this to be your office and, and it's getting people out and about in the countryside. It's giving people something a bit more active to do, which especially after COVID, there is, there is more of a desire for that um, and offering flexible working patterns. There was a brilliant job advert that I saw, which started off saying, do you like surfing? Um, and it was, then it was a whole load of pictures about this farm, which was right on the coast in Cornwall. Brilliant. And technically it, was, it wasn't that accessible and various other things, but by advertising it from that side, it really did show it as a niche and, and what was special to that farm. Uh, uh, Chris, just on a, on, a, on a recruitment perspective, uh, again, 
there's a my, my best example to, to counter Sarah's in, in a positive manner. Uh, about five years ago, there was a farmer up in Lincolnshire. He couldn't get a main tractor driver, and it was a, it was a big unit. It was a it was a, a class contract thing uh, or case with, with a big big um, drill on the back. So it was about a quarter of a million pounds worth of kit, full of IT. Couldn't find anyone. He went down the pub and he was moaning to some of his mates who don't know anything about agriculture. And they said, "Well, what, what's involved?" And they said, "Well, it sounds like it's a computer net, computer engineer's role." And so this 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 farmer um uh, went for it and just advertised for a, for a computer engineer and he had a dozen applications within 48 hours and, and going back to sarah's example um of, of the picture of the tractor um then alluded to the, these individuals this is it this is your office and um, he could have given the job to four people because they all wanted to get out of the office but they wanted to be uh, kept up with tech and they wanted to uh, do, do an outdoor type type of role and that chap is still there as head, head of farms now um running the having having never been involved and just on your website, I'm sure James has got this. It always frustrates me sometimes with farming companies. If you're looking for staff, make sure the top right-hand corner of your website, there's a big button saying, come work with us. And you click on that and that goes to a page that your web designer or whoever does it for you um, will have set up. And it's a nice page about how great we are and what we do, lots of imagery. And don't ever put uh, no vacancies available. You you will always be looking for, for, for good people. So put on there, um, if you're interested in working for us, even if we haven't got any roles, we'd love to see your details. So again, you've got to have that open funnel uh, to attract people in. And if you don't have a website in this day and age, oh, it's a conversation for another time. Chris, back to you. <laughs> Uh, thank you very much. And yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I think that the the policy of not letting good people go past your door is probably certainly one of many ways of hopefully maintaining a healthy staff, a healthy team. Um, sorry, Justin, we haven't really heard from you, but I don't know if you've got anything to add to that from a from a bank. The only the only thing I would add, add Chris, probably is is that it's probably no coincidence that that, that you and German and and and, and um, I'm good at keeping your staff, and probably because it's, I know you, I know you well enough that, that that you will communicate really well with those people as well. So, with all the conditions in the world, if if you can't communicate and talk to people, to those people as, as 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 human beings, and treat them with respect and communicate really well with them and and empower them, and then trust them to deliver, they genuinely perform for you. And so, um, when I see people have staff issues, often that's the issue, uh, rather than necessarily some of those other conditions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and thank you very much. Very kind. <laughs> um, so probably moving on to our next question. Um, may I ask, how have all of you adapted your businesses to meet the needs of this rapidly changing environment that we are currently operating in? Um, I probably would look to go, probably go, go to Jim on that one first, if that's all right. You sound like you've got an awful lot of different bits and pieces going on over there. Wait, sorry, Chris, can you just repeat the question? I, my battery was just dying on my thing and I was asking for a lead. Not a problem. Um, so how have you adapted your business to meet the needs of the rapidly changing environment that we are currently operating in? Well, so essentially, uh, as, as an estate, um, we, we basically sit down every five years and do a five year strategy. Um, five years ago was, was 2018. It was sort of post Brexit. We decided at that stage that, that growth and borrowing money was quite cheap. We decided that actually we needed to to diversify still still within farming and we need to expand to make us more efficient and to concentrate on the things that we thought we were good at um uh and we've not been afraid of really learning some new skills i mean christmas trees you know essentially are farming but it is a it's a vastly different 
um, style of farming to the one I'm used to. Um, and I think basically I've probably adapted the way that I work as well. I'm more hands off. I, mean, I love farming. I love getting my hands dirty and being out there, but um, we've become much more numbers driven and focused on, on budgets and having monthly meetings to make sure we're heading in the right direction. Yeah. Um, I suppose that's the sort of key change. And, and, and then I guess this year, this spring, we did another five-year strategy and we've really decided that that uh, consolidation is is the key for us now. Um, that that um, that cost control, um, uh, making sure that we do what we do really well is is key to our to our survival, really. Yeah, and it's really interesting to hear that because I've sort of made a few notes here of uh, what we can all be doing to, I suppose, try and well to 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 survive. Um, and whether it is, forgive the pun, being the best in our field or whether it is looking to diversify, um, whether we should be investing, whether we should be looking to hold off and sort of whether the higher interest rate storm, I appreciate that high interest rates is a bit of a, um, a bit of a funny one because certainly before my time, people experienced far worse than this, so I'm told. But, um, but certainly interesting times for us all. Um, ben, I'd be really interested to hear a bit, a bit more about what you guys are doing in your biodiversity work as well. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I made a few notes as well. And it, um, it's about diversification for us. Um, we, we've spent 20 years diversifying as rapidly as we can out of farming. Um, so we've got a lot of offices, we've got a lot of workshops, uh, we've got Holiday Lodge, Park, we've got Fishing Lakes, Airstrip, you know, a whole load of different enterprises. And just trying to spread, I think, the risk between all of them. So we're not solely reliant on any of them, including the farming. But then within the farming itself, it, it is about cost control and about risk control and risk management. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, really, really watching, watching the inputs, um, but not losing, not losing, taking your eye off the output as well, because um, it's a forced economy, isn't it, to reduce your inputs at the expense of the output. So it's, it's just about that. It's about knowing where you are, the whole budgeting point about knowing what your budget is, what your, which direction you're headed, which it can inform all of those decisions. And how, how have you found managing that over the last few years? Because, of course, the, the caveat to, uh, uh, I suppose, diversifying is, is, and certainly a conversation we've had many times, is to try not to take our eye off the ball with, you know, the bread and butter of our business, which is ultimately milk production. How, how have you found dividing your time between those two different bits and um, manage that? Yeah, well... Uh, I suppose I, I'm spending a lot more time in the office. I, I I seldom make it out of the office and get my hands dirty anymore. Um, so, it's, but it's about putting good people in to to look after the each of those little enterprises and 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 as we said already, empowering them to to do to do what they need to do um, and make the decisions they need to make and and just keeping an overview over it all. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, Sarah, we haven't haven't heard from you. I wonder if you could you've got any more to add to it. Yeah, I was going to come at it from a slightly different angle, if you don't mind, Chris. And I was going to say that to start with, for farmers to know how they're going to adapt their business, they need to know their personal goals. Um, we work with a lot of family farms that are fairly close knit teams, um, and a bit like you alluded to earlier, some people just want to do farming, 
and that's absolutely fine but if that's if that's how you're motivated and that's sort of your skill set supports that realistically diversification outside of your core isn't really for you you might be able to do um perhaps a value add project um there's quite a few vending machines going up in this sort of area or something like that so you're not massively changing the skill set required to run your farm the other way of doing that is to look at income which supports your current farming practices or farming practices which aren't changing massively. So um, things like the sustainable farming incentive coming down the line. But also there's this increasing area, which, as we've already heard from from Ben, of biodiversity credits. Um, there's a lot of phosphate credits and things like uh, water companies are starting to put payments to reduce uh, inputs going to fields. And then at some point, um, we'll we'll dabble into carbon markets when that's a bit more established and mm. and set up for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, that's um that, that's really interesting. And and Justin, of course, you get out and about and see an awful lot of businesses as well. Um, have you got any more to add to that? I, I think to be fair, Sarah summed it up. I would I, I would might call out the same point. You know, what what does the family what does the family want to be? Um, and and understanding what they want to be and and what success looks like for them. Will help inform. Uh, will help inform some of that those diversification opportunities, um, and let that be the driver of strategy, rather than perhaps government policy be the driver of strategy. That might government policy might impact tactics, but not strategy. And it's interesting that that James is talking about you know a very clear five year plan for that business. I can imagine that helps and informs decision making and deciding which projects to proceed with and which which not to. Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. And I think if we if we allow government government policy to drive us, I suppose, too much, that is able to ebb and flow and change on a well potentially a five year or even less um, timescale, isn't it? When, you know, with changes of government and whatnot. Um, and actually, what we're doing on the ground is probably far more far more important when it comes to the long term survival of our businesses. Um, so, Chris, can I just ask the question of, of Justin? Um, J Justin, it's, it's a bit of an emotive question, but it's about five, six years ago, just before, um, remember the B word Brexit, um, I, I had a head of a uh, large agricultural consultancy practice in my office, and, and he was rubbing his hands because he was very much looking forward to Brexit. And, and the statement he stated um, still shocks me to the day. He said that he couldn't wait forward to, uh, for, for, he couldn't wait for, forward for, till Brexit because the 40% of uneconomic farmers in the UK would go by the way, and the 60% of economic farmers um, who were on the money, who knew how to budget, uh, would swallow up those uneconomic farmers, um, and that would be a benefit to him because uh, he represented all those 60. Um, so forget his... Um, his his odd, odd comments but do you think that there's still a lack of sophistication with uk farming and i know we sort of took cover this before but i think we need to drive this home is there a lack of um of financial planning budgeting uh, statistical awareness strategic planning on a financial perspective on uk farming just do you think that's still a big issue i, I think it's a potential issue max um sarah will probably have a view on this too uh I again I tend to deal with people that borrow reasonable chunks of money and so the people that I tend to spend most of my time with tend to be perhaps more sophisticated what I what I hear um, when you talk to various industry professionals is that there's a population say that you know whether you want to say the top 25 percent whatever the top 25 percent is um, I, I guess that's what you're talking about some of those more sophisticated businesses will 
or perhaps yeah, are they going to be more likely to be more financially successful, quite possibly? Um, there's then you, you then hear people say, well, the 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 the, the least productive, you might say, 25%. Well, they'll just work harder, so they spend less money. Um, I'm not sure that's a great um, that's a great outcome. Um, and then perhaps it's that the the, the middle group of farmers who who I think um, you get feedback that they are the ones that that probably I would believe would benefit from from perhaps a bit more forward planning and and and, and driving or focusing on some of the things that they can control to develop their businesses rather than waiting perhaps for government policy to um, yeah. to drive those decisions. Yeah, so, so Chris, it comes back to the start of the conversation. They need to speak to the likes of the Sarahs and the, the, the Justins of the world to, to, to get that, I don't know the right word, ed- education. Chris, back to you. Yeah, yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. I think pu- pulling in the right pulling in the right levels of expertise, uh, the right expertise and the right, the right people to manage those different areas is really important, isn't it? Um, so I think, who, uh, who have we not heard from here yet? Um, um, or in fact, probably on to our next question. Sorry about this. <laughs> Bit of distraction in the office. Um, so obviously we've heard a few about a few different um, a different changes to do uh, your various businesses over the last few years. Um, through these changes, can I ask, what have you all learned or, or that you didn't previous know, previously know about the business uh, and the people who work in it um, and indeed yourself? Um, Probably I'd look, look to go back to Ben first, if that's all right. Thank you, Chris. Um, what have I learned about the business? Well, I, th- I think that it's more adaptable than, than, I, than I thought, than I, you know, that it's actually, you know, some of the changes we've been making are, are big um, strategic decisions. And you sort of worry that, you know, that either the, the staff won't be on board or the, the business won't work, but it's actually, you know, it's more adaptable, and the and the and the timescales that you can do it in are, are reasonably quick. Um, so that's that's um, surprised me. But there's there's always a bit of a nervousness about change. I think. Um, um, yeah, you just got to kind of keep pushing forwards. I think, and 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 doing what what you think is right. Well, and I think you know the sort of being slightly apprehensive about change is is human nature, isn't it? And it, it's very easy to sit here and say, oh well, we'll we'll try and do that tomorrow, but actually making a start is one of the hardest things, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and Jim, I don't know if you've got any more to add to that. No, I, exactly the same as Ben. I mean, having good staff just makes the whole process so much easier. Um, and that, that farmers are very adaptable. You know, one minute we're, we're sort of a vet, the next minute we're a plumber, the next minute we're, we're looking at spreadsheets. And, you know, we are actually, uh, as an industry, pretty good at what we do. Um, I think the thing that I've learned is that it's really important to take a step back occasionally uh, to look at the bigger picture um, because it's so easy to just keep sort of pushing on through and trying to work harder and harder to, to get through a problem. Um, and of course, I suppose, you know, quite lucky in that we're of a scale where I can do that. I have the ability to step back and, and do that. It's much harder, I think, for, for family farmers to do that. Because because time is time is a, a precious commodity for them, but certainly for me, uh, and, and also, you know, I contract from someone who was a who was a banker and a financier, so I've really had to up my game on <laughs> on on all these sort of elements because you know my natural tendency is just to just to sort of work harder, um, but it's been really interesting and and 
very valuable to the business to to just take a, take a step back. Yeah, uh, and I think certainly we have looked to take a very similar approach and actually probably gui guided by yourself and certainly a number of a number of other farms in the area. Um, you know, we, we've been through a process of trying to simplify the business and simplify what we're doing. Um, you know, free up more time, free up more man hours, um, you know, which is now allowing us to go into a, a more an investment phase, um, hopefully with a slightly clearer view of what, we're, what we want to look at when we come out, out of the other side, sorry. Um, uh, Sarah, have you any more to add to that? <laughs> um, well, I was going to take it on a slightly different spin, if that's okay, but I was going to say that a lot of farmers, um, and it was our initial conversation that we had when we became on online, we worry about a lot of things which realistically we don't have a huge amount of control over or not a huge amount of influence, um, inflation, uh, in, input prices, things like that. It's not something we can really control, but there's there's a lot of other stuff which we wouldn't necessarily initially perceive as essential to running the business which we can control but has a massive impact there was um, a guy at groundswell called gary markham who produced some profitability figures comparing regenerative agriculture um, and the the fascinating piece which ties a little bit into what justin was saying earlier um being asked of gary was that what's the difference between the top 25 percent and the bottom 25 percent and you can pick into all of the different numbers but he said on the whole the bottom 25% have a communication issue within the team, whether that's the family or the business. Um, and that's something they can really control. And once they're all singing from the same hymn sheet, it will be so much easier to head for those um, goals and aims together. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really important. Um, I suppose you should probably slightly adapt the question, Justin, but um, I should probably ask what changes have you seen happen on other farms and what do you think has been the biggest take-home lesson for you but also that you've seen other people learn about their businesses um i um what i notice I, I, I suppose is that some businesses define have a have a plan and then document it and are very clear around what success looks like in terms of what they're trying to achieve um and we tend, we see lots of people, lots of businesses, whether it's farmers or wherever they may be, have a plan and go and deliver it, but are never quite sure what they're trying to achieve or measure success. And we're not very good as an industry of actually patting ourselves on the back and saying, crikey, I've done a really good job of that, um, because we never really set out what we wanted to, to achieve. So I would, I would say that whenever people are looking at, at diverse buying or any of their plans, make sure they're properly documented. Um, go back to what the original plan was and say, well, hang on a minute, was, do we might make the correct set of assumptions to start with? How are we tracking towards it? But then when you actually do achieve what you set, set out to, celebrate it, celebrate it with the team, um, as more often than not, if you're clear about what you're trying to achieve, then you've probably passed that on to the team around you, um, that that's what we're trying to achieve, and celebrate together. And funnily enough, you've, you've got everybody on board to, to drive more success. Really? Chris, can, yeah. Chris, can I, I do my normal thing, just interject, um, what Sarah said about Gary is, uh, and Gary sees this all, all, all the all the time, I can't remember the stats, so I won't try and guess at it, but there's a, there's a, a Justin, even though there's a, a significant proportion of the farming community that don't even have wheels, um, and, and so God forbid if you, if you fall over in the pub and you've got nothing uh, set, set up, so even that that level of, but, but then as we all know, it's so difficult um, 
uh, UK agriculture, when it's a farming business, it's 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 your your life and soul. It's quite difficult to have those conversations. But it, Chris, we seem to be coming to the same thing. It's all about communication, um, isn't it? And I just want to build in this question. I, I, uh, Mark Thomas from the brilliant Farming Community Network, and I love the strap line here for you. Message me this 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 morning. You basically covered the main element of um of his question, but I just got to cross the line here. Um, how are you looking after yourselves? How are you looking after your, your, yourselves? How are you personally continuing to weather the storm? And sorry if this is a bit of a personal question, but uh, th th that's why we sort of got you on. James, do you go first? How are you looking after yourself, please? Oh, it's, uh, it's tricky. Um, I uh, Stepping back helps, I think. Um, I, I've got a young family, so I, you know, I took some time away last week um, at the start of harvest, which was a pretty bold move, but it's, mm -hmm. it's great to, to sort of, uh, just stop thinking about farming for a while. Um, I also have a really good network of, of farming friends around here, and it's uh, you know a problem problem shared is a is a problem halved or whatever the expression is 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 so true. Um, just being able to bounce ideas and and how you're feeling about stuff off with your neighbours is is great, um, and that's something that I've really consciously tried to see more of in the last last three or four years. Because it is, it can be a very, it can be a very insular industry, can't it? You know, you're yeah. on your own lot. You know, when you when you when you sort of um, employ quite a few people, it's very difficult to talk about any issues that you might have um, in regards to, you know, the bigger stuff with with people that work for you. So it's important to have, you know, friends, uh, and a, and you know, obviously, I'm very lucky that I have a very understanding wife and 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 great kids, and that that helps enormously as a as a buffer. James, thank you. Ben, how do you look after yourself? Yeah, well, I mean, it's much the same, isn't it? It's about having time away from the business, um, switching off when you go home as much as you can. And actually, the biggest thing I've started or stopped doing is worrying about things that I can't control. So yeah. if it's if it's raining and the harvest delayed, it's just, well, it is what it is, isn't it? And there's no point winding yourself up about things like that. So actually, just 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 not worrying about things outside my control it really helps yeah don't don't worry about the things that you don't need to worry about chris how do you look after yourself um i think probably probably don't do quite enough of that but i think we uh we should all try and do a little bit more um i think probably my biggest my biggest realization is realizing that actually none of us or trying to run a business where none of us are totally indispensable um, and that means that actually, you know, we are able to go away for a weekend or for a week's holiday and, you know, the world carries on turning, the the cows carry on getting milked and we realise that, you know, we rely a bit more on the, the fantastic team we've got on farm. So I think, yeah, coming back to what, what everyone said about people, allowing the fantastic team we've got to get on and do their job, um, which just gives you a little bit more peace of mind to, to go away and let them get on with it. Yeah, well done. The, the two best epitaphs on gravestones I know, uh, or the worst, uh, or the worst one is um, uh, for a chap who, who died when he re retired six months after he, he died, six months after he retired, I wish I'd worked longer in the office. Um, or the other better one is Spike Milligan, I told you I was ill. So yeah, let, let's 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 all, all, all chill out and do as uh, James requested, uh, suggested go down the pub together. Let's do that after this. Chris, back to you with the questions. Thank you very much. Um, I probably notice that we're uh, all of a sudden getting somewhat close to our somewhat close to the end so I should probably imagine a couple of questions um but um but yeah I think probably a question for all of you um 
first of all, what is your outlook for UK agriculture in the coming months and years? Um, and also, wrapped up with that, what, what one piece of advice and guidance would you give to uh, the listeners um, you know, on how to look after your business and what, what the future looks like? <laughs> Who should we give um, that to? Oh, should we start, start with you, Justin? Yeah. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, so look, I, I, um, I, I remain fundamentally really, really positive about the, uh, about the sector. Um, yes, we've got challenges and we've had challenges for a good number of years. Uh, yes, the subsidy re regimes are, are, are changing and that's a pretty you know, massive, a massive change for an industry that's been supported in a similar kind of way for, for 70 to 80 years now. Um, but we're an island nation in a temperate climate. We can produce the vast majority of the food that we, that, that we, that we need uh, and we're really, really good at it. Um, we need to adapt. There's no question we need to adapt. Um, and I, I just feel that, that, that we're, in a, we're in a stronger place to be successful within the agricultural business, provided that we, um, we continue to, to, to move forward um, and pro probably not look back. Um, so, yeah, really, really positive. In terms of advice, um, I've, I've covered it off already, but document the plan um, and then define what success looks like and celebrate when you, when you achieve things. Brilliant. Thank you very much. And Sarah? <laughs> oh, much like Justin, I'm, a, I'm an optimist at heart. So, no, I think it's um, there's a lot of positives coming down the road. People may see things like um, carbon footprinting as, as extra admin at the moment, but it's it's the sort of hint that there, are, there is something else coming down the road for agriculture. And there's a lot of practices that we do which are actually pretty good uh, on the whole. Um, in terms of advice, um, <laughs> understand where where you would like to be either as yourself or as your business and understand where you need extra support now that doesn't have to be physically doing stuff on the farm it could be saying well actually I'm going to need to get somebody to help me with this additional paperwork or I'm going to get somebody to to have to um uh, help me with my my next bank manager meeting because they might not be uh, as uh, as nice as Justin is today um <laughs> Now, there's a lot of additional help out there at the moment. The DEFRA has got the Future Farm Resilience Fund. So there is free farm advice uh, out there if, if you want it. Um, there's loads of different suppliers all across uh, England to help support. And that's, that's aimed around BPS loss. So, my, yeah, my piece of advice is understand where, where you're uh, perhaps lacking and go and find support to, to fill those gaps. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Um, and... Ben, what's your what's your outlook and what advice have you got for us all, please? <laughs> well, I think my outlook for, for, for land ownership and management is actually very bullish. I think for raw commodity production, particularly, particularly arable production, I'm really, really pessimistic in the short to medium term. I, I can't see... Uh, I, well, I, th I think it's bound up with climate change and it's bound up with, with just global competition um and it doesn't really seem to matter how bad it gets in the world the price never really seems to get up to even anything beyond a sort of uh very small profit like I mean, we had we had a good year last year everybody had a good year last year but actually in my view that just returns what should be considered a normal profit and we're all celebrating because it's the best year we've had for years and years and years so i'm i'm i'm, I'm afraid i'm fairly pessimistic about arable production um, but much more bullish about some of the other income streams which are coming down the track, which are, you know, things like carbon and, and, and biodiversity and environment. Um, yeah. 
Oh, South Downs. And in terms of advice, I don't know really. I mean, uh, it feels like um, we're everybody's running to stand still. And I think uh, if you stop running, you you um, you fall behind. So you you've got to just always be prepared to change. Always know where you want to go. It's this same theme, isn't it? Know, know where you want to go and how you're going to get there, and don't be afraid to change it if if it proves wrong. Wonderful, thank you. I think last but not least, Jim. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm an optimist. Uh, I, I'm very positive about the outlook for, for dairy production, especially. I think um, you know, about strengthening uh, global um, uh, financial situation, which is which is good for dairy products. Um, arable farming is, is obviously going to be tricky. It's, it's going to be a bumpy ride, but I think the trend is upwards. Christmas comes every year and people will always want Christmas trees, hopefully, um, as long as we can grow them, you know, at a sensible, sensible cost, we'll, 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 be, we'll be fine. And I think, uh, you know, my take home message is to know your numbers, know your cost of production and to just step back and enjoy what you do. You know, we are, we are extremely lucky to be custodians of land and to be in, a, in, in jobs that a lot of people would give their right arm for. And we should never lose sight of that because it is, it's an amazing career, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, Chris, same question to you. Gosh, um, I think I, I agree with Jim. I think my outlook from a, a dairy perspective is very positive. Um, I'm not really in a, a position to comment on arable or indeed Christmas trees or anything like that. Um, but yeah, certainly as a dairy farmer, we're, we're going through a transfer investment at the moment. Um, and you know, we wouldn't be doing that if we didn't see a, a sustained and hopefully profitable future. Um, oh, in terms of a bit of advice for everybody, um, that's uh, <laughs> that's a tough one to answer, isn't it? I think get away from the farm, take some time to visit other people, talk to other business owners, um, you know, l learn what everyone else is doing because I think all of the issues that we encounter, somebody else has already dealt with that and they probably have got an answer for you. <laughs> yeah, well done. Well done. <laughs> Uh, Chris, you, you did so so well running running this today. I, I don't know why uh, you you needed me. I, I think we need to have a show of hands to see uh, who thinks that Chris should be on the one show or uh, Country File. Show, show your hand if you think that's a Chris, Chris, there. We go. I don't. Right. You, 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 you got your new career. I was also going to nominate you for Celebrity Come Dancing, but that's a conversation for for another time. Um, everyone, we've we've run out of time. Uh, Chris, do you want to say anything else before we uh, jointly wrap up? Uh, no, other than just say I think. Thank you ever so much, everybody, for uh, for all of your time, and I hope that everyone else has found it as interesting as I have sitting in here, sitting here for the last hour or so. It's been really good fun. <laughs> yeah, but and, and and Chris, you are far better than me on on notes. What what's your what are the main takeaways that you've learned from our experts today? Um, I think I would say that keeping a certainly your cost of production, the financial side of things, has come up an awful lot, hasn't it? Um, and just knowing what's going on within your business and having a true understanding of the you know the day-to-day -day running costs, the, the yearly outlook. Um, I think what Jim mentioned about the the five-year plan as well. That's that's I think very very interesting and very relevant, and that really helps us all to I think keep track of our direction of travel and what our main focus is, and just allows us not to deviate too far from that path. Um, and I think also really interesting discussion about about you know, labour and the team that we have on farm. 
Um, it's so, so important. And it seems to have been an on-running theme that having really good people surrounding us is, is certainly a key factor in hopefully success. So I think keeping hold of those good people one way or another and just not letting them go past the door is, is so important. Yeah. Chris, well done. And uh, someone's just WhatsApp me to say that they'd love to see you hosting BBC Radio 4's Farming Today programme because uh, you're already going to be up because you're already going to be milking. Uh, everyone, just want to say uh, thank you very much to the South of England Agricultural Society for um, allowing this broadcast to happen on business resilience. And it goes without saying, we've got to thank Chris um, Appleton, Sarah Barnes from Credit Associates, uh, Justin from Virgin Money, uh, Ben from the Iford uh, Farms, and Jim, James Wallace from the uh, from, from Sutton Hall Estates. Uh, just want to thank again uh, Fram Farmers uh, for uh, being, being involved with this and, and sponsoring today. Fram Farmers, www.framfarmers.co.uk. Um, and, and Chris, you've got this big event coming up, haven't you? The uh, Farming Conference, Wednesday, uh, 1st of November, 6 to 10 p.m. at the South of England show, Showground. Um, and it's done on this great theme of can we really save the planet from a farming perspective? Um, and you've got Charlotte Smith, chair from BBC uh, Radio Force Farming Today programme, uh, Sue Pritchard, CEO of Food Farming and Countside Commission, and Phil Jarvis, the chair of the Album Wise Farming and uh, Environmental Group. I'm, I'm guessing all of you are going to be going. Sarah, are you going to go? Sounds like you better do, didn't it? Yeah. James, you're going? Yeah, I'll be there. Ben, you're there? Yeah, hopefully. And Justin, everyone wants to talk to you. Because of, uh, because of all, all the fantastic advice that you've given. Um, everyone, I've just got to ask you all to uh, turn off your video so I can put up this last slide about, about the conference. Uh, thank you very much today. I, I've learned a, a lot and I'm sure that you have, but we haven't got all the solutions here for you. But I think the main thing that came over for, for me today was communication, uh, that if you can communicate with your with your peer group or with the, 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 the likes of, uh, as Justin was intimating, uh, with the likes of your bank or your uh, your advisors, you're going to be in a far better spot than potentially um, you, uh, you you are today. And that's going to be of a long term benefit for you. So there's our uh, farming farming conference details. Wednesday, the 1st of November, uh, 6 to 10 p.m. I think that's a great time to, to, to have it um, on the basis of uh, can we really save the planet from a farming perspective? Uh, Charlotte Smith, Sue Pritchard and Phil Jarvis. We will all see you at the conference on Wednesday, the 1st of November. Everyone, thank you very much.